Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. If you remember, Paul is sharing this sermon. He's preaching the gospel to these Jews and Gentiles who fear God. And as he's preaching, he goes back and he says, Hey, let me tell you about your history and all the mighty things that God has done and all the people he's raised up. And oh, by the way, remember that king that you love so much, King David, who's a man after God's own heart? Well, one of his descendants is the Messiah. Verse 23 says, And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. We pick up the story in verse 26. And this is part of this big sermon, this big moment that's comparable to sort of Peter's sermon or Stephen's sermon that we read before. This is Paul's most complete first big sermon. Verse 26. Brothers, you sons of Abraham and all you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. I love the inclusive nature. He says this message is for all of us. The, the message of the Messiah is for all the Jews. It's for all the Hebrews. It's for all the Gentiles. It's for everyone. Verse 27, the people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as the, as the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned Jesus. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecies said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. Now, if you're hearing this, you have just heard that David had prophesied about the Messiah and that that Messiah had actually come and we knew him by the name of Jesus and that it had just recently happened in their lifetime just down the road in Jerusalem and that the leaders there had killed him and that in fact, they killed him on a cross and then he died and was buried. There's no hope in that story. There's nothing about that story that would compel me. I'm listening to the Messiah. The Messiah is here. I'm listening to this idea that he came to save me and yet he's dead. And the next, the next verse is one of the most controversial in all of history. And yet it is one of the most important Christian truths that you can understand. And it's the thing that transformed so many lives. Chapter 13, verse 30. But God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, if you heard that, that's controversial. I've never seen someone raised from the dead. I've never experienced a resurrection in my own life in terms of seeing a dead human come back to life. And yet, these people saw it. They saw Jesus come back to life. And if you were sitting there listening, you had to be thinking, wait a minute, Paul, are you serious? You're telling me somebody came back to life? It's probably the same question that many of you had. It's a question that I had. It was a question that I wrestled through until I thought a little bit more about what happened next. Verse 31. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring this to bring you this good news, the promise that was made to our ancestors. So when you think about this idea of the disciples, the apostles, the people who followed Jesus, when he was killed, what happened to all of them? They went and hid. They ran for the hills. They fleed. They denied even knowing Jesus. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. They thought it was over. They gave up. Think about how hopeless that first Saturday was after the death on Friday. It was a complete hopeless mess. And what would have made those people watch their leader die, 
and then turn around and decide that they were going to die for him too? What would make them do that? Well, the only thing that I can attribute someone to giving their life up to would be seeing that resurrected Christ. And so that's in fact what it says. It says over a period of 40 days, Jesus appeared to all of these people. And that is a linchpin in the story because it makes a difference that we just saw James go and die for his faith because James saw the resurrected Christ. Most of the other disciples, if not all but one, die a torturous death either on a cross or or being tortured or killed in some other way because of their faith. That inspires me to believe as well. And that this good news, it says in verse 32, that we're here to bring this good news to you. The promise was made to our ancestors and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants by raising Jesus. Paul is getting ready to use a lot of statements. And we'll read tomorrow how he defends all of the prophecies about Jesus. But for today, I just want us to remember that our faith is based on the fact that a God loved us so much that he would kill his own son in our place. But he's also a God of almighty power who would not leave his son to die. He would raise him up to life. And in the same way, each one of us has the opportunity to die to our old self, to be resurrected to new life now and into eternity. We don't have to face death as the end of our life. And that is such a hopeful statement that I want each one of us to be able to share with the people around us. God, you are such a loving and good God. You are a powerful God and you are one who can overcome death. I pray that you would move in each of our lives to help us to die to ourselves and to live for you both now and into eternity. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.